1. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Genasaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, We've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were with Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. Let's pray. Father, your word is good and true, and as we do each week, we confess it as so, uh, and we ask for your help. Help us believe and help us respond appropriately to the way that you want us to, to these truths. And so, Holy Spirit, work now in us, work in our hearts and minds for that purpose, for your glory, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So as we're looking through these 11 verses from uh, Luke 5, I want us to kind of keep it tied to the, uh, that passage from last week, the authority of Jesus. And so in response to the authority of Jesus, and because we are followers of Jesus, these truths that we're going to look at in this text are, are true for us. They are important for us, but it's tied to what we've been working our way through and seeing that Jesus really is who he said he is. Uh, and that leads us to how we should respond to him. So in response to Jesus's authority uh, and because we are followers, first truth is this. We can learn from Jesus. We can learn from Jesus. Let's look at those first three verses of Luke 5. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Genasaret. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake, and the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. So remember, we saw last week uh, at the end of Luke 4, Jesus' teaching had authority. It, it was astonishing the people as they heard him proclaim the truth of God's word. It was different than they had ever heard before. And so now he's been, we've, we've seen multiple times, his custom was to go into the synagogue on the Sabbath and teach. 
Now the crowds are following him. The crowds are drawn to him. It's not just going to listen to him at the synagogue, but as people are seeing him, they're drawn to him like a magnet. It's like, there he is. Let's go see what he has to say. And they find Jesus walking along the shore. And they, a crowd starts to gather around. And they're wanting to hear the word of God. Because they've been astonished and they've heard the stories. They've heard about his teaching. They've heard about the miracles that he has done. And so here in verse 1, the people are pressing in close to him. And as the crowd is getting larger and larger and people are gathering close to here, they want to hear God's word. And they're on the Sea of Galilee. Now the, the text says Lake Genasaret. That's a, a more ancient uh, name for the Sea of Galilee. And so in verse 2 and 3, we see Jesus sees a couple of boats that fishermen had been using the night before. Uh, and they're cleaning up from their night of fishing, cleaning their nets. Uh, and so Jesus gets in one of the boats, one of them that belongs to Simon Peter, and he tells Simon, hey, let's push out just a little bit. Uh, so that I can teach the crowds. Now, this wasn't because he didn't want to be close to the people. Jesus is wanting to create the best atmosphere for the people to hear what he's going to say. And so, speaking across the water will help the message carry better. The acoustics will carry the, the uh, message across the water, and the, the crowd that is growing will be able to hear him. So he wasn't like, man, I need, a, I need space from these people. He's trying to teach them. And so he asked Peter, Simon here, he asked Simon Peter, let's push out a little bit. And then he sits down. And we saw, we talked about that when he was in the synagogue, uh, when he proclaimed, like when he read from Isaiah and then taught from Isaiah and said that this is, has been fulfilled he sat down to teach them. That was the custom of the day for teachers to sit when they were ready to teach their message. And so he pushed, they push out in the water. He sits down and teaches the people. They listen to the word of God being taught by the son of God. They wanted to learn from him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. They were drawn to his teaching and that's something that Jesus actually invites us to, is to, to come to him and learn from him. We see that in Matthew 11, in that beautiful, beautiful passage. We've been examining kind of the depths of this in our gentle and lowly study. If you've been a part of that, uh, this, this passage is the passage that was kind of the uh, kind of central verse to that, that book, Gentle and Lowly. But Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, Come to me, this is Jesus speaking, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus' invitation to his followers is, come to me, come, learn from me. 
And there is much to learn from him. Learning what he said, who he proclaimed to be, what God's word says about him, how we should live in this fallen world. And also so much about how to, following his example of how to live, he invites us to learn. And he says, if you do, anyone who will come, anyone who will learn from me, you will find rest. Your souls will find a rest that you've never experienced before if you would just come to me and learn. So for us Instead of just pursuing the knowledge of the world, we can, as believers, come to Jesus and we can learn from him. And so would you commit to that today? Would you commit to learning from him as a follower of who he is and how he has called us to live in this world? Would you learn from his example of humility and sacrifice and compassion and kindness because of the authority of Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus, we can learn from him. The next truth that we see from this text is this. Back in Luke 5, we can trust Jesus when things do not make sense. We can trust Jesus when things do not make sense. And that kind of goes in two ways. That goes for both what he calls us to do, because sometimes what he calls us to do may not make sense in our heart and mind. Uh, and it also is, a, is true for us when we walk through things in this world that we can't make sense of. When we're like, God, what are you doing in this moment? What's happening here? Uh, we can trust Jesus when things do not make sense. Let's look at verses 4 through 7 back in Luke 5. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, We've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink so in verse 4 Jesus finishes teaching them however long he he proclaimed the truth of God's word to them he finishes his message and he looks over at Peter and says it's time to go fishing. Let's go out. Now, remember, uh, the fishermen were cleaning up. They, they, the, the fishing was done. The time to fish was over. They're back at the shore. They're cleaning their nets. They're getting everything cleaned up. And they're about to put, it, put everything away and go back home. And Peter says in this text, we fished all night long. We've been fishing, Jesus, and we caught nothing. But Jesus, knowing this, and knowing that it's not the best time for them to be pushing out, he's preparing Peter for something. And he says, Peter, let's go fishing. 
And so Simon has to be exhausted, right? They've been fishing all night long through the night and now it is the morning time and he has to be worn out. And if you've fished all night long uh, and caught nothing, you've got to be kind of just like, what's the point? I remember like as a child, my dad could sit on the lake for hours. And this was just recreational fishing. This wasn't for a job, right? This Peter does this for work, but my dad could sit on the water. It didn't matter if fish were biting. We would stay out there for hours upon hours. And if the fish weren't biting, he didn't care. And I was just like, can we just go home? What's the point of staying here? And it, for my dad, it didn't matter. It's like, he just loved being out on the water. Uh, and I felt like this exhaustion of like, why are we still doing this? There's nothing. And, and Peter's got to feel that. They fished all night long. They've caught nothing. And now Jesus says, hey, I know you just cleaned up. I know you've cleaned your nets. You've got everything tidy and ready to go home. But I want you to push out. And let's go fishing. And so look at Peter's response. He, he does admit, like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, Jesus. I've been fishing. But then he continues and he says, but if you say so, if you want me to put out the nets, I'll do that. I will trust you, even though it doesn't make sense. Now, remember, this is a carpenter turned teacher, Jesus, telling a professional fisherman, hey, Let's go fishing now. I know you think you know what you're doing. Let's go fishing now. But Peter responds and says, I'll trust you. Now, this response isn't out of nowhere. Peter has seen Jesus' work. Peter has seen some miracles already take place, right? In last week's text, we saw Jesus rebuke a fever from Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And she was restored to health immediately. So much so that she was able to get up and start serving them right away. He saw in the synagogue, he was almost certainly in the synagogue since he had Jesus come to lunch after the scene at the synagogue. He was certainly in the crowd as Jesus rebuked the demon and the demon obeyed him. And he at least heard, if he wasn't in the crowd, he heard about all of the miracles, all of the laying his hands on the sick and healing every single one of them in Capernaum. So Peter's response isn't out of nowhere, but in his mind he's still thinking, Jesus, this doesn't make sense. Why would we start fishing now? It's not the time, but... If that's what you want, if you say so, Jesus, I will do it. And then in verse 6 and 7, we see the catch was so much, the catch was so large that the nets are tearing. They have to get their friends from the other boat to come, which the boats of that day would have been about 20 feet long. They had to get another boat to come and they filled both boats up and the boats are starting to sink. Because they've caught so many fish. Jesus, the divine Son of God, has control even over creation. And has brought these fish in. And has set the circumstances because He wants to get these fishermen's attention. And He does. 
following Jesus and obeying Jesus doesn't always make sense. But we can trust him. We can trust him uh, with whatever he calls us to and whatever it is that God has us walking through in this world. We can trust. Proverbs 3 Verse 5 reminds us of that, that even when our hearts and minds may tell us something different, God's Word says this for us. Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. We can trust God. We don't have to just rely on our own knowledge, our own understanding of the way things work in this world. And Peter was given an opportunity to put that into practice here on the boat that day. It didn't make sense. And yet he knew Jesus was calling him to something that even though it didn't make sense, he could trust him. And the same is true for us. There'll be things that don't make sense. We'll walk through situations that don't make sense and sometimes through the Holy Spirit, God will call us to things that don't make sense and we can trust Jesus in that. Because of who He is uh, and because we are His followers, we can trust Him when things don't make sense. The third point from this text back in Luke 5 is this. Because of the authority of Jesus and out of, you know, as being a follower of Jesus, we can respond to Jesus with humility and awe. We can respond to Jesus with humility and awe. And these things are kind of tied together. We're going to see in the text that humility uh, is the first one that is described here in Peter's response, but it's connected to the awe of who Jesus actually is. We can respond to Jesus with humility and all. Let's look at verses 8, and we're going to go through the first half of verse 10. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Humility and awe. Verse 8, we see Peter's response of humility. He actually asked Jesus to leave his presence. Jesus, I I don't need to even be near you. You don't need to be near me. I'm a sinner. He recognizes and he calls Jesus Lord, I'm a sinner, Lord. Please leave my presence. This like fear of realizing that he, a man who is sinful, is in the presence of the Lord. And he says, would you leave? Like, he's terrified and he's recognizing that he is so far beneath Jesus. And so he asks Jesus to leave. And that's an appropriate response for sinners is like this complete awe of God. A complete awe that leads to, we, you know, the, God's Word talks about us fearing the Lord. And that's what we see here from Peter. Because he recognizes that he is such sinner and he is in the presence of the Holy One. It's the same kind of response we saw from Isaiah 
uh, if you remember the call of Isaiah in Isaiah 6. And these are very much some kind of parallel passages. Uh, but in Isaiah 6, we're not going to turn there, but Isaiah taken into the presence of God when God is going to call him into ministry and say, who will go for me? And before that question is asked, when Isaiah sees the Lord, he says, I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips for in a people of unclean lips. And I've seen the king, the Lord of armies. Right. The, the response of being in the presence of God is I'm doomed because I know what a sinner I am. It's a complete act of humility. And then this, in verses nine and the second half of verse 10, we see that that act of humility is tied to just awe, just being awestruck for who God is, for who Jesus Christ is. Awe and humility go together. And so in verse 9 it says, For he, talking about Simon Peter, he and all those who were with him were amazed at the fish that they had caught. They'd never seen anything like this. And then it goes on at the beginning of verse 10 to say, Neither had James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were also professional fishermen, None of the professional fishermen who did this day in and day out their whole adult lives and probably some of their even childhood lives with family members, none of them had ever seen something like this happen. None of them had ever seen a catch like this. And so they are in awe of Jesus. They recognize He's the Lord. This is unbelievable. He controls the fish of the sea. Humility and awe. And the reality is that's just what Jesus wants to work with. He doesn't want people who come in with swagger and think, yeah, you want me on your side. Uh, think of what I can do for you, Jesus. He wants people who will respond with humility. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be in your presence. I'm unclean. And Jesus says, that's exactly who I can use. Someone who has that response. Jesus takes sinners who are humble and can use them for his purpose. God's word in James 4, chapter 10, tells us this. James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. We are called to humility before God, not pride. And if we humble ourselves, God's Word says He will exalt us. He will lift us up. And that's exactly what happens with Peter here. Peter, while they're still out on the sea... While their boats are sinking, Peter falls at Jesus' knees and says, Please go away from me. I don't deserve to be in your presence, Lord. He shows humility. And what we're going to see in the rest of this is he is going to be lifted up. He's going to be put on mission for Jesus now. And so that leads us to the last point of this text. 
out of the authority of Jesus, because we are followers of Jesus, we can be used in Jesus' mission. We can be used in Jesus' mission. Let's look at the end of uh, verse 10 and through verse 11. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. So Jesus tells Peter, one, you don't have to be afraid. I know you're, you're trembling inside, realizing uh, who I am, recognizing you're in the presence of the Lord, and you are fearing that reality, but you don't have to be afraid. And God's Word tells His people that over and over again. And we see that often in the Gospels of Jesus reminding the disciples, don't be afraid. Fear not. Uh, it's okay. And here, He tells, G, he tells Peter, we're going to have a career change. Right? You, you're not going to be doing just fishing for fish anymore. You're going to be catching people. Uh, so you, it's a complete reversal. You used to go out and catch fish that would be destroyed for consumption. But now you're going out and you're going to catch people and bring them to me. You're going to catch people and bring them to life, not death. And then we see in verse 11, Peter and James... And John and maybe the other guys on the boat, we know for a fact these three, they leave everything behind. They get their boats to shore and they walk away from it all. They give it all up to follow Jesus with that invitation that he says. They left what they knew. They left what they were comfortable with. Their entire livelihood and followed Jesus, to be used on His mission for His glory. And they would continue to be used throughout the rest of their lives. As followers of Jesus, we can be used in Jesus' mission. And that's actually what He has called all of us to. Now, it may look different. I'm not saying God's Word says that we're all supposed to become like full-time vocational ministers, people that, you know, just work in a full-time ministry and you leave behind your, your previous careers. But I'm saying we are all called to ministry and we are all called to give up whatever it costs to follow Him and join Him in His mission. And so in Matthew 28, we believe this is a commission for all followers of Jesus. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's not just like the really special people. It's not just the, the influencers that Jesus is calling. Every one of His disciples, every one of His followers are called to be a part of His mission. 
And that's why verse 18 there is so important for us as we think about what He is calling us to do in this world. When there is fear about what He is saying, I want you to go out and do this. I want you to use this gift for my glory. He says, all authority has been given to me. In heaven and on earth, I have all authority. And then at the end of that passage, I'm with you always. So the call is, you can, you can trust that I will be with you and I have authority over the situation that I'm calling you to. And so you can be obedient to that. You can be used in my mission. And so we too, church, are invited to that. And so the question for us is, will we commit to following Jesus in these ways this week? Now, if you're here and you've never trusted in Jesus for your salvation, that's, that's the starting point. That's the, the most important thing for you. If you've never committed to following Him by trusting in Him for your salvation, you're invited to that today, to believe in Him, to come to Him and follow Him as your Lord. And I'd love to be able to talk to you about that and, and explain to you the good news of the gospel of what Jesus did so that you could be adopted into God's family, so that you could be on God's mission. And so you can fill out one of the yellow cards and say, I'd like to schedule a meeting with the pastor. You can catch me after the service and we'll set up a time to talk. But church, following Jesus is not just a, you know, this call is not just a call to salvation. That's a starting point. It's an invitation that we are invited to every single day. And it's a commitment we need to make every day. Not for salvation, but to follow Him. To be an actual disciple of Christ. We are invited daily to follow Him in these ways. We can learn from Him and should. We can trust Him when things don't make sense and should. We can humbly submit to Him in awe for who He is, and we can be used on His mission day in and day out. Because the Gospel's true. Because of the authority of Jesus, we can pursue all of these things, and we should pursue all of these things. And Jesus is worthy of them. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for your word. Thank you for your call and invitation to us. I pray that if there are those here who have not trusted in Jesus for salvation, that uh, Holy Spirit, you'll be working now uh, to help them realize the invitation is open to them uh, and give them courage to, to speak to me or one of the elders or ministry leaders about that. God, I pray that you work in our hearts as a church, uh, that you help us remember the invitation to follow as a day-in and day-out invitation. Help us learn. Help us submit. Help us trust. And use us for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.